They're crazy, they're zany, and just plain nuts, but they love Jesus. America's Keswick and all of you. Here are the hosts of the Bob and Bill podcast, Robert Hayes and Bill Wells. Good afternoon, Bob. Can you hear the uh, birds in the background? Are there birds? Yes, I don't hear them unless we're playing, but the minute we start playing, I hear these birds somewhere up in the rafters. Really? I'm, I'm getting nervous. I'm getting nervous now. <laughs> wow, you're hearing hear birds it? now. You hear it? I do hear it. That's really, hmm. really crazy. So it's, it's really good to see you air. today. It's Friday. Yes. And we're really excited because we're going to actually be able to welcome back some of our seasonal campers today. And that's going to be neat to have some people on campus. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean you're free to come. You have to be a seasonal camper. <laughs> but uh, we're really looking forward to seeing our special friends and having an opportunity to minister to them. Well, we're going to continue the message that Ken Carlson shared with us on Wednesday. Ken is one of the teaching pastors at Bayside Church in Barnegat, New Jersey. Let's give a listen to this great message. Since this is all to the praise of God's glorious grace, here's what I want you to do. I'm going to give you 60 seconds. Um, and during this minute, I want you to take a moment and praise God. Right? That's a proper response to a passage like this. So if you're with someone, maybe your spouse, uh, grab hands and, and spend a minute praising God together for his work in planning our adoption. Thank him that he had it in mind from eternity past to adopt you and to place you into his family. So go ahead, 60 seconds, starting now. Don't look at me, go ahead.
God's infinite gifts have made us infinitely rich. Okay, so we saw that our adoption was planned by the Father. And the second thing we see here in this passage is that our redemption was purchased by the Son. So our adoption was planned by the Father. And second is our redemption was purchased by the Son. Look at verses 7 through 12. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. So verse 7, in him we have redemption. Okay, this is how this passage starts. Now, now this term redemption had a lot of meaning uh, in the first century. See, there were an estimated 60 million slaves in the Roman Empire. And often those slaves were bought and sold like pieces of furniture. Well, suppose you were a slave, but instead of getting tossed aside, there's a wealthy person who wants to make you part of his family. Well, he can't just go up to you and just adopt you. Before he could adopt you into his family, what he'd first have to do is he'd have to buy your freedom by paying your master. He'd have to redeem you by paying the price. And that's where the term redemption comes from. And that's exactly what Christ did for us. But the price he paid was his own blood, right? And through this redemption, we're free from the law. Through his redemption, we're free from legalism. We're free from slavery to sin. And we're free from the power of Satan. See, if we were slaves, we would be poor. But because we're sons and daughters of God, we are rich. As Paul says in verses 7 and 8, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. See, we didn't deserve a single drop of that blood that Jesus shed for us, but he gave it anyway, pouring out his very life in a flood that washed our sins away. Why? Because God knew in his wisdom, in his vast understanding, that this was the only way sinners could be set free for their adoption into God's family. Verses 9 and 10 again. Making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ. As a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. So now Paul's saying here that Jesus isn't only the agent of our redemption, but he's the focal point of history. He's the central figure of the history of the entire world. See, in Paul's great thought here, it reaches into the future, to the fullness of times when all things will be united in Christ. The day when, when, the day when all the conflicts, all the discrepancies, all the loose ends, all the competing and warring forces are to be united in Christ. Now, verses 11 and 12. 
in him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. Why? To the praise of his glory. So just as before, I want you to take another 60 seconds. And this time, thank Jesus for your redemption. Thank him for dying on the cross to set you free from sin. 60 seconds is yours. Praise Jesus for purchasing our redemption. God's infinite gifts have made us infinitely rich. Our adoption was planned by the Father. Our redemption was purchased by the Son. But there's also the way that the Spirit's involved. Okay, and that's the third thing that we see in this passage. The third thing we see is that our inheritance is promised by the Spirit. Our inheritance is promised by the Spirit. Look at verses 13 and 14. In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> to the praise of his glory. Now, in case anyone was uh, still hung up on that whole predestination thing from earlier, notice... Uh, Paul acknowledges here that there's a response required, right? And he states kind of the development um, of, of believers in stages that can really describe any person's coming to faith. They heard the word, they believed it, and they were sealed with the Spirit. So yes, God sovereignly chooses us, and yes, when the gospel of Jesus is proclaimed, I must put my faith and trust in him. See, Paul doesn't see any conflict between God choosing us and our responsibility to believe. So that being said, how can I know for sure that I really am in Christ, that my sins are forgiven, that I've been adopted into God's family, and that I've been blessed with every spiritual blessing? Well, Paul says that's where the Holy Spirit comes in, right? Because when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you're marked with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit. You're sealed with him. Now, a seal represents several things. Uh, for one, a seal speaks of a finished work. Um, a finished transaction. When uh, important legal documents are processed, they're stamped with an official seal to signify that the transaction is complete. Okay, well, a seal also means security and protection. Right? So the believer belongs to God and is safe and protected because he's part of the finished transaction. Right? The Holy Spirit doesn't leave us. We're secure in him forever. Another use for seal. Another use 
uh, for this seal was uh, a mark of, of uh, authenticity, right? Just as um, a signature on a letter attests to the genuineness of the document, so the presence of the Spirit proves the believer is genuine. Another thing a seal implies is ownership. So for a, a paper document, um, you could make a seal with uh, melted wax um, in the first century into which then you'd press your family ring or crest or something, and when the wax dried, it made that seal. Well, that seal marked the ownership of the document. Um, and then there was also kind of branding uh, or tattoo, right? The way livestock would be branded with a, a hot iron. Um, or how slaves were tattooed to identify their owner. These are all examples of, of seals. Well, God has put uh, his seal in us by the Holy Spirit. See, because a seal, the final thing a seal is, is a promise. You're promised the inheritance because God promised the inheritance to you by giving you the Spirit. See, that's, that's kind of the, the idea that, that, that Paul's getting at here, right? right? The seal being God whispering to you that you, you're mine. You're mine. I've adopted you and you are mine. Here's my spirit who seals you and acts as my guarantee of the inheritance that awaits you. Right? As verse 14 says, he is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Now the word translated guarantee uh, here is, is a fascinating word. It comes from a, a Greek word that means down payment or first installment. And the point being that the Holy Spirit is God's down payment to guarantee to us that he will finish his work and eventually bring us to glory. Now listen, one of the things the Holy Spirit does is to help us know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God has made us rich in Christ. So when you have doubts about it all, Remember what, what Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verses 16 and 17. Paul says this. He says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. See, when we astray from God into disobedience and sin. It's the Holy Spirit in us who convicts us of sin and reminds us whose children we are, who we belong to. And then when we cooperate with the Spirit's work in us, right, not living according to the flesh, but walking in the Spirit, we start bearing his fruit and we start looking more and more like Jesus. And when we look like Jesus, then we see evidence that we really have become children of God. See, it all goes back full circle. All of this serves to reassure us of the vast inheritance that really is ours. Now, let me ask you, are you beginning to see just how rich you are? Each member of the Trinity played a part in your wealth. Your adoption was planned by the Father. Your redemption was purchased by the Son. And your inheritance is promised by the Spirit. God's infinite gifts have made us infinitely rich. So in light of all this, how should we live? Well, let's not live like Hetty Green. I don't know if you know that name, but Hetty Green was an American businesswoman. She was known as the richest woman in America during the late 19th century. 
And she was also nicknamed the Witch of Wall Street um, and was known in the Guinness Book of World Records as the greatest miser, right? A miser being someone who's really cheap. Well, Hetty died in 1916 with an estate worth $200 million, which would be equivalent to about $5 billion today. $200 million that she lived like she had nothing. See, her stinginess was legendary. There's actually an autobi uh, or a biography about her, um, but her stinginess was legendary. It's been said that she never turned on the heat. Uh, she never used hot water. She wore one old black dress that um, she would wear until it had been worn out. She apparently rode in a very old carriage. Um, she ate mostly pies that cost 15 cents. I mean, she even told her laundress to wash only the dirtiest parts of her dresses so she could save money on soap. She wasn't just stingy with herself, though. She was stingy with others. She was cheap, even with her own loved ones. Um, there's a story uh, when she has a son and her son broke his leg. Well, when her son broke his leg as a child, Hetty tried to have him admitted to a free clinic for the, uh, for the poor, but then she was recognized. And she refused to pay for the medical attention that he needed, so she decided to treat him herself. Well, his leg didn't heal properly, and it had to be amputated uh, later on in life because of, of gangrene. Now, you probably think this lady's nuts, right? As crazy as this is, though, as crazy as we might think she is, don't we sometimes live like that as Christians? See, Hetty Green had so much that she lived like she was poor. Well, well, Scripture tells us that according to his riches, God has lavished every spiritual blessing on us in Christ. We've been set free from sin. We've been chosen and adopted as sons and daughters. We've become heirs of the Heavenly Father, and we've been given the Holy Spirit. But how often do we choose to live as though we haven't been set free from sin? Why do we still look to others? for acceptance when we've already been chosen by God? How often do we look to our jobs or our successes or our families for our identity when we've already been adopted as sons and daughters of the Most High God? Right? Why do we occupy ourselves with material possessions that are temporary when we have an inheritance that's eternal? And how often do we choose to live self-centered lives governed by our flesh, even though we have living in us the resurrection power of God himself in the person of the Holy Spirit. Friends, we have a choice. We can go on living like poor orphans, or we can believe what God says. We can give thanks for it, and we can live grateful lives of obedience that bring him glory. God's infinite gifts have made us infinitely rich. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your infinite gifts. God, thank you for playing every role required for our salvation. Thank you, Father, for planning our adoption. Thank you, Jesus, for purchasing our redemption. And thank you, Spirit, for promising us our inheritance, for dwelling within us while we're in these earth suits on this earth, 
Lord, I pray that you would begin to reveal to us just how ridiculously wealthy we are. And Lord, that we would live out of those resources, out of your strength, out of your resources, out of your power, out of your spirit in us, Lord, and not according to our our own wit, our own wisdom, our own education, Lord, but only according to the spirit. God, we are so grateful. Lord, reveal to us truly what this means for our lives. We love you. We're grateful. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Elizabeth. Elizabeth Welty again, once again, playing To God Be the Glory. We appreciate her ministry. And that's our board chairman's favorite song, To God Be the Glory. So we probably earned a couple brownie points today. (laughs) Hey, we have a new acquisition for our beach. I know. It's it's a really cool thing. Well, tell them what it is. It is a ginormous. Is that a word? Yeah, it's an enormous. We'll take it. It's a Keswick word, ginormous. uh, Adirondack chair. That will be going down at the beach area, right? It'll it's be great be a for lot taking of fun pictures. For families that when they finally get here, yes, to take pictures of it. Yep. And uh, we want to thank our good friend Pastor Dave Poteet for donating that to America's Keswick. 
So we have a new podcast coming up next week on Tuesday. Lynn Wilson serves in our guest services department. This is going to be a podcast for ladies. She's going to be talking about hope, so I trust that you'll join us. And then next weekend is Memorial Day weekend. I yes. can't believe it. And unfortunately, that will be virtual. Yes. And we'll be airing on Friday night. Saturday at 7 morning. 7 o'clock. Saturday morning at 9.30. There's going to be a concert on Saturday, Saturday night. night. Won't be with the Celebration Choir. No, we'll miss them. Uh, Sunday night at 7 and Monday, Monday morning. at 9.30. Yep. So we'll give you information next week. But we want to thank you for joining us for the podcast this week. We thank you for your prayers and gifts. If you'd like to give a gift to the Ministry of America's Keswick, call 1-800-453-7942, or you can visit our website, www.americaskeswick.org. You can help us by sharing this podcast with a friend. And we want to thank you for being with us. God bless you. If you enjoyed today's podcast, let us know. Write us at bewealthy.americaskeswick.org, or it'll be in the description below. If you'd like to learn more information about America's Keswick, you can visit our website at www.americaskeswick.org. Join us every Wednesday and Friday at 2.30 for the next edition of the podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Tyler. And have a good and godly day.